witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio, and today we have a special episode. It's a witch table talk called Witchcraft and Activism, and we've got two great people who you have heard before on the podcast. We brought them back because we know they'll have a lot to say and that we'll learn a lot from them. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First person up, Monica, tell us who you are. Thank you for having me here. I'm really looking forward to this uh, this chat today. So my name is Monica Bodierski. I am a tarot and divination artist and author. I'm also an educator and activist and the founder and programmer of Witchfest North. And uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Morgana, great to see you again as well. Hey guys, yes, great to be on again. Thanks so much for having me. So I am Morgana of Modern Druid in Nyack, New York, and identify with Druidry and run a wonderful uh, little witchy space uh, here at Modern Druid. I am uh, formerly a recovering uh, business person, walking business and spiritual paths side by side, and now uh, hopefully pivoting much more into being able to indulge myself in all, all things uh, witchy, Celtic, Druidry, spiritual, and beloved to me. You know, when you said recovering business person, because I worked on Wall Street for many years, and there were pagans there. I remember there was a guy on Dress Down Fridays. He'd wear a shirt that was called Born Again Druid. It had a, he had a shirt that said that. And he used to make people crazy. And I thought it was hysterical. I'm like, you go. Like, you do you. Like, I love it. So why are we here? Well, because there's so much going on. You know, Monica is in Canada. So I, you know, I think it's interesting also to see, you know, to hear what's going on there. Obviously, we know the shit show that is the U.S. right now, especially after Roe versus Wade. We also know that not that long ago, beginning of summer, um, some person who they said was, oh, he was just harmless. He was just a little crazy to face the bewitched statue, the, you know, a Samantha statue in Salem. And then the week after the Satanic Temple was set on fire. And luckily both places are fine. Nobody was hurt. Um, but the second attempt definitely was a strategic attempt. This person did not say, oh, they were crazy. They didn't know what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. If you are on witch talk, you know that there have been a lot of witches on there sounding the alarm. They're coming after women. They're coming after the LGBTQIA community. They're gonna come after us. It's who's taking over. This is not a political thing so much as it is a Christian right thing that's gotten into politics and is trying to really dismantle everything that is positive and good and all those things. I saw a TikTok about a person in Scotland saying, while Roe versus Wade is being um, dismantled in the US, they're giving away free sanitary products to women in Scotland. Like, yes, that's a direction we should be going in, not going backward. So we thought it would just be great to talk about activism, things that we can do um, as a community and even individually, because I know I said this on another podcast, but I wanna say it again. You are important. Your physical health, your mental health is important. You do what you can do. And if all you can do is just be informed, listen to podcasts, do some reading, right? Then that's good. You don't have to be on the front lines, so to say, if you don't feel that you can, right? Any little thing that you do is important. So don't feel like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, I don't make a difference. Yes, you do. Because you will have conversations with other people if you are well-informed and you'll be able to do more. So, you know, this is really about whatever you can do, whatever's comfortable for you. But, you know, just some ideas and some different ways of thinking about things. 
And Scorpio, that is a great transition into sort of my first question for our panel, which is you guys. We've seen witch tied really sort of inherently to feminist activism, especially in the United States. But I want to ask each of you, what does witch or what does spiritual practitioner mean to you in the context of activism? How are witch and activists sort of tied together? Well, <laughs> let's see. Great question. And it does require a little bit of thought here. I think that being an artist, I've always been involved with activism because art does change the way we, we view things. And it does give us pause to look at things from a different perspective. And in that way, um, I'm surrounded by witches who are art activists and witch activists, and they certainly take the word witch in the context of change making and making people aware of issues that are outside of the realm of witchcraft. Just, uh, it is very politically motivated. Here I live in a, a fairly large uh, city um, called Takaranto, um, or Toronto, if you're not familiar with the Indigenous word, which, by the way, I um, need to acknowledge that I am on Indigenous lands of the Mississaugas, of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and many others. And that is part of it. That is part of witching. Acknowledging the land that you're standing on and being part of the land, uh, looking after the environment, and after all communities who are marginalized and sticking up for one another, it just seems to be a natural thing that witches are involved this way. And I think not to put down anybody who was involved in Wicca, but here it, we have a church of Wicca. So it is viewed as a religion and witchcraft is outside of that. It is much more individual, that you can choose whichever way of, you know, connecting with that word or your craft uh, or religion, if you want it to be in any way you like, but definitely around here. And for me, it's always been intertwined with being active in awareness, regardless of the subject or the topic. I, I really love that Monica, you know, brought up this idea of religion, you know, versus spirituality. You know, I think this is exactly the, the, the problem Right. I mean, so so what is most activism about? <laughs> what, what are we what are we actually, you know, trying to, you know, sort of um, I'm going to say react against. Right. It's, it's usually because there's some infiltration of religion, usually at the detriment of women that is, you know, designed to put us down in, in some way. And I mean that in all kinds of different ways. Right. Whether it's suppress our sexuality, you know, have us live very tailored lives, catering for the patriarchy, et cetera, and so on. We could, I could go on and on about that. But I think this is sort of the key point, right? Which is, you know, witches and druids and spiritual, uh, those that are following spiritual paths are outside of religion, right? It is about following a spiritual path. And so we tend to be much more open-minded. We tend to have a live and let's live, you know, sort of perspective on this because we're not prescribing to a defined set of beliefs. We're not looking to a church to tell us how it is we're supposed to live our lives and how it is we're supposed to behave and what it is we're supposed to conform to, you know, quite the opposite. We are really doing the work of looking within and figuring out, you know, what each of us has to bring to the world. And in doing so, there's a real freedom and awareness and compassion and empathy for anybody else that's doing the same thing. So I think that's just, you know, wonderful, wonderful point that Monica, you know, brought up there is just this idea of spirituality versus religion. 
they're in a sort of the, the root cause of why we even need to be activists, right? It's like, what, what are we even doing? Um, I, I, um, I identify with Druidry, you know, as, as I mentioned, and so it's the difference between a Druid and a Witch. Not a whole lot, frankly, you know, it's really just a path that we walk. Obviously, within Witchcraft, there's a number of different paths, right-hand path, left-hand path, Luciferianism, all types of different things. But as a Druid, what I have really sort of learned in developing my own spiritual path over many, many years is to sort of move from the idea of being against something to really move into being for something. And that doesn't mean be for the thing that you were against, right? It's not about acceptance in that way, but it really is to say that we spend a lot of time and energy and and frankly, negative energy in, in some regards, right? a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, you know, rallying around ideas that we are against. And I've sort of, you know, come to believe and learned that there is a very different energetic resonance between energy that sort of sits in that sort of lower realm of, you know, anger, frustration, depression, anxiety, versus those when you're really passionate to be for something. And so over the course of time, you know, I've sort of laid down the swords, well, a little bit, let's just say I hilted the swords, I, I, I will never lay the swords out, but it's more sort of shield and, and where you direct your energy to. So, so being for something, building up something that's an alternative to this shit show, you know, that we are experiencing here in, in the US, is sort of where where I choose to to direct my energy, and that is really sort of embedded in the Druid's way. There's the Druid's prayer that I'm sure many people are not aware of, um, and that I you know recite daily. And I would love to just share that with you here because I think it speaks very elegantly to this idea of knowledge and knowing and understanding and bringing sort of love you know into into the mix. So the Druid's prayer goes goes like this: Grant, Great Spirit, thy protection and in protection strength, and in strength understanding, and in understanding knowledge, and in knowledge, the knowledge of justice, in the knowledge of justice, the love of it, and in that love, the love of all existences, and in the love of all existences, the love of the spirit and all goodness. And what I love so much about our prayer is really just this idea that to live in this world, to be a human in this world, it really uh, asks that you indulge in the aspects of understanding, comprehension, knowing what is what is right. And what is right depends on your perspective and where you're coming from, right? So that's where that knowledge of justice really resides. What is just? That's usually our rule of thumb for what is right. Not because I say so or because the church is telling me this is the way that I behave. You know, as we know, so much has... So much blood has been spilt in the in the name of God, right? But the understanding too that you know at the heart of it all is goodness. And so if we can tap into that and amplify that, then we're really cooking with gas, right? And so it's when we're when we're going against that, we're really breaking our heads against the wall. It doesn't mean that we don't break down those walls. We do, but at enormous costs, right? And so to me, I've I've really come to sort of learn over the years. Let me be for things. Let me put that energy, that really positive energy, into amplifying the things that I'm for. Because my God, it's such heavy lifting, you know, when you have to go against. And there is a place for that, certainly. Sometimes we have no choice, right, but to stand and fight and to, and to really be against those forces. But wherever we can, you know, if we can, if we can be the river, right, if we can be the water of the river, it's so much stronger, you know, to be in that flow than to try and dam it up and be against, you know, the things that are coming. I love that, and you know, it made me think about my, I guess thoughts on witchcraft. The first thing is, you know, witch to me means something completely different than bruja. 
you know, my background, my childhood would be Bruja. And then I became a witch. And then I realized, like Morgana was saying, you know, is a, is a druid a witch? Is a witch a druid? Like, you know, it's, you know, it's, we're calling it different things. We're talking about the same type of thing. And at its core is community, right? Like Morgana said, like building up. When you're talking about Santeros, people who practice the Yoruba religion, when you're talking about Espiritismo, you're talking about people that, quite frankly, were kind of left, you know, on their own. A lot of, you know, colonization happened. So it's about lifting up the community that is there, um, not trying to attack so much the people that are doing all this to us. Just let's focus on us and like help ourselves. Then you have witch, because that's how you started the question, Gemini, right? This whole idea of like, what is it to be a witch and feminist? So when you go to, I mean, I always knew practitioners from my culture that were all genders, right? Like that's just the way it was. Then you get to the term witch. And if you look at the history of what's happened to women, because women are tied to that word, even if you don't actually mean that that person is a spiritual practitioner, women will be called a witch, right? It's supposed to be a negative thing. Then you get to witchcraft in the US, at least when I started, and there was this pushback against a lot of the men. Like, why is Gardner telling us what to do? Like, well, we love um, Buckland, but really? Like, why do we have all these men still telling us what to do if we're witches? If witches are going to take the hit, then it should be witches at the front of all this. And I hate to say that because it may sound like I'm anti-male, I'm not, but I like that. So when it comes to my witchcraft, you know, I, I have a tendency to look at men like, yeah, but you can get out of this. No one's going to call you a witch. What's going to happen if they call you a witch? Versus the people in my culture that, you know, men, women, all genders, they're going to take the hit first because they're not white and then because they practice and it's all voodoo to people. They don't understand the differences between different things. So they're all going to take the hit versus if we look at the more British American witch, it's just the women. You know, I think it's it, it's important to acknowledge that there are male witches here in our community too, as as well, and and they're important voices, right? And some are really brave enough to come out and say it. Yeah, I'm a witch and and proud of it, and and not you know calling themselves warlocks or wizards or whatever the heck, right? But really understanding, you know, the the idea of witchcraft, a craft, a practice, and leaning into that. And I think it would serve us well to help to amplify the male voices too, precisely to your point. You know, Scorpio, it's like, it's a bit lonely, right? For, for us women, like it, it's, and it's scary given, you know, what has happened here. You know, Salem is just, you know, three hour drive from here, you know, go go learn your history. Anybody that is not aware of what happened there. And, and if anybody thinks that that can't happen again, Roe versus Wade just got rolled back, you know? It, anything can happen at any time given whatever way the winds are going to blow. And so so I sort of feel like part of our activism too has to be about where are we where are we fortifying our own walls, right? So so while we can, you know, be for the things that we want to build too, I think we should be strenuously fortifying and protecting, right? Get those shields up, you know, what we have and how if, if and when they come for us, so to speak, you know, what have we got in our arsenal? Because, you know, I think so many people are still kind of sleeping, thinking, oh, it can't happen again. It's not, nothing like that can happen again. Sure can. It sure can. Sorry to say the Nazis aren't even 100 years away from us, right? And the world tends to turn in cycles. Every, you know, 120 to 150, depending on the cycle, it comes right back around again to see, have we cleared our stuff? Have we dealt with these shadows yet? Have we evolved as a society? 
the unfortunate answer has been sort of no most of the time, but we are, we are evolving, we are evolving. But I sort of feel like right now what's going on here in the States is really, you know, it's it's the death throes of, of that sort of behavior, right? That sort of controlling and manipulative behavior has really been challenged over the last 50 years or so. And it's kind of in, in its death throes, if we're lucky. But it doesn't mean that we're not in a battle. And in fact, it may actually be the war. And so a side may prevail. And I'm not big on those sorts of extremes, right? There's so much gray in the middle. But what I'm really trying to call out here is to say, we would be fools to not look at this as as witches, as spiritualists, as women, and not say, let us first fortify our own boundaries here and figure out how to protect and shield ourselves. And number two, what do we need to build so that if we're if we're actively tearing something down, there's something even better in its place, right? Or there's somewhere else for folks to go. Create those refuges, if you would, at the same time as we are card-carrying anarchists, you know, trying to pull down the stuff that is not residing in the knowledge of justice, right? It is not a just way to, to treat people in this world. But I think that's what is concerning me, is concerning me most, you know, about our about our activism. But when we're busy fighting against something else, we're not looking at our own foundations, right? We're not looking at protecting. We're so forward thinking in terms of we need to react and respond against this, let's go to war, right? Everybody leaves the village and the village is unprotected. That's sort of what I'm saying, right? So so I sort of feel like we have to do both things. You can tell I was watching Lord of the Rings recently, right? I mean, <laughs> we need fortification. Great but we point, all- Morgan. If you don't mind me jumping in on that, I think as you open because you opened with asking about how things were here in in Canada a little bit. And I don't think people are fighting that battle so much as sound asleep. We we tend to be a little bit more in the pacifist and apathy department. And I won't get into the history of how this country was uh, taken from Indigenous people and formed, but there, there has been a history of non-involvement for Canadians or neutrality. So just here in Tacaronto, we are right on the border of the U.S. pretty much, and we do have a lot of alt-right issues in, in Canada currently, as you may have heard from Ottawa with some of the protests going on. You know, um, I I think that Places of refuge and not fighting directly have always been in my wheelhouse. My parents were in the uh, were in World War II, and I have seven generations who've been in wars, uh, and in contested areas of Europe. I am of settler culture here, so I was raised with the idea of being a peacekeeper, and to discover what my values and my ethics were early on in in my childhood. Um, so I think it is important to create those spaces. And so OWLS, which is the Ontario Witches League and Sanctuary and Witchfest North, are those kind of spaces where people can meet and talk about what to do, as well as share their artistic vision and show um, non-practitioners the diversity within the community. It's always been open and encouraged to have people who are Indigenous, people of color, people who are not following a standard a spirituality 
um, you know, whether it's Paulo or whether it's Santeria, it doesn't matter what the practice is to invite everyone to show that diversity because that is an issue. If you don't know what a witch is, you might have that pointy hat version of it. And that's that's not really an issue here. People would probably chuckle if you said you were a witch. And they do use that term most certainly as an insult. And I come from a family of practitioners who, if they, you know, used that word, would certainly have been killed. Uh, so that is just not a term that anyone in our family has ever used. For me to reclaim or take that word is an act of being very upfront and being privileged enough to be able to say that word. And even though it may be dangerous in certain areas, and I would love to help people out, which is why OWLS was formed, I still think that I am in a position of privilege to be able to use that word, and I take it very seriously. So thank you for bringing up those points. It just really made me think about that. I have so many questions just from this. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> One of the things that I do kind of want to dive into that is a little, it's a little intense, but I do think that we're in a space where we can discuss it here. We on the podcast have read a bunch of books about Wicca and they all purport to really value the environment and to value connection with each, with other people. And I don't know if you guys have seen, but I have seen personally sort of the co-opting of spiritual language and spiritual ideals by the alt-right. Even just thinking about like January 6th, that guy going in with his horns like a quote-unquote shaman how can we as practitioners not only show our values but how can we communicate through activism that those values are essential to witches and to spiritual practitioners because i think that that's something that's a little bit of a gap there is this idea you know we say the books all say oh yeah we have to care for the environment oh yeah we have to do this but are we as witches doing that? Or are we as a community allowing these ideals to be co-opted? And so the question there, <laughs> the question there is one, how do, how do the values of your practice inform your own activism? And then on top of that, how can the values of someone's practice lead them to be an activist and not just a mouthpiece? sort of deep questions that you're asking there, Gemini. It kind of depends how you're defining activism, right? So to me, to actually even be a mouthpiece, to give words, spoken words, you know, to what it is that you're thinking and those philosophies is activism in and of itself to me, right? Because you're you're brave enough to actually convey that. And, and we recently had a workshop here uh, done by a friend of mine about abracadabra, right? Abracadabra, the word itself means, as I speak, so I create. So I'm a big fan of this idea that speaking something literally brings it into form. And so I would say activism can be as small, uh, just because I don't have a better term, but as small as simply speaking your truth, which is truly an act of bravery in, in many communities, right? To sort of underscore what Monica was saying, you know, for her to reclaim to and to proudly state, you know, I am witch is, an, is a really powerful act in and of itself. So I would encourage any listener to say, even just speaking, even in the softest of whispers is itself, you know, an act of, of activism and, and an act of amplification, right? So, so let's just sort of take this back a little bit. We're all energy, energetic beings. We're working with energy, whether we know it or not. Some of us deliberately and actively seek to do that. 
many people are sort of asleep and just sort of, you know, going about their day. But in terms of sort of working with that energy, it matters that you have a practice, even if it's just yourself doing it, because you are working with energy and putting that energy out there into the world and into the universe. So, so even if you're not, you're not using your voice. So, so we can dial it all the way back. You can be on the front lines of a rally and good for you if you can do it and want to do it. And that's what, you know, gets you excited and passionate and gets that energy flowing. But you also can be sitting at home. And this is much like what people that follow religious prescriptions do. They're praying. What are, what's our spell work? They are prayers, wishes. They're all the same thing. It's called having intention to bring about and create the things that you want in the world. And so I would say activism begins with having the thought this seems unjust. It seems unfair. What can I do to address that balance? What is it that I need to know? Where's that knowledge coming from? And the love of seeking that knowledge, learning for yourself what it all means. Um, it drives me nuts now that, you know, everything is just sound bites. People grab headlines and they think that's a full story and they run with whatever that is to them. Whatever those words actually mean and those combinations of words mean to them, then that's that's the new fact going forward in their life. So there, there isn't this discernment of thought and there is not the digging in to really sort of uncover and learn about what is, what is more factual, right? And of course, we also know facts are based on whoever's written the story, right? But having that discernment and really sort of uncovering things for yourself, to me, that's the first sort of step in activism. What are you actually reacting against that's activating you and inspiring you into action and what that action is. So first know what the hell you're talking about, you know, know what you're thinking about even, you know, know, know what the issue is. Have a really great deep fundamental understanding of that, dive into that knowledge. And then it may start with just putting out some of those spells or wishes or prayers or whatever your practice is to bring forth that energy for change. And then you can build on that. Then it's maybe what you speak Right? And that helps to bring that into form and having those conversations and that inspires other people to get going. Maybe it's stuff you write, right? Maybe you don't want to sort of, you know, reveal yourself, so to speak, in your in your community, but you know, you can write under a pen name. You can put you know, post stuff out into into the world under a variety of different different ways, right? And so it all matters is really where I'm going with this. Having the mindset that actually cares enough to want to do something about anything is really powerful and and is activism in and of itself. So I think we can start there, right? And then and then build on, you know, from from that point. Mm, those are really great points, Morgana. And I think I certainly agree with you as far as education and learning and where that knowledge is coming from and questioning that, especially with the amount of disinformation that is circulating. I think knowing yourself, understanding what a witch is, find a lot of different knowledge, not those sound bites, as Morgana is saying. Those can be quite dangerous. They are often just uh, circulated within a very small community and regurgitated, and they are from one very subjective and particular point of view. Read as much as you can, watch as many documentaries, reach back into history. There are a lot of films and different books and different points of view, and they're not all from a colonized uh, white male perspective. There are a lot of different perspectives going on. Apprise yourself of different cultures, different groups of people, different ages. Ask for elders. Ask how younger, younger people than you feel about things. Know yourself, do your shadow work, know your own triggers, your own boundaries, get strong, get centered and balanced, and then walk your talk. 
because a lot of people are inadvertently very hypocritical about speaking. And I think Nori has mentioned this, and so did you, Gemini. You've mentioned that you may not necessarily, you know, do what it is you're saying you're doing. And, you know, as I'm saying, uh, inadvertently hypocritical in that you, you think you're being equitable, but you're not applying that to your everyday life. So it's, it's difficult at times, I must admit. But in my case, if I'm using a lot of paper products as an artist, I definitely put money into organizations that plant trees, taking personal accountability and um, sharing that with community. And I don't want to say I'm representing the entire community but I think it's very important that you are, to a certain extent, you are. And so when you are sharing with people what you do, you're already, to, you're already being that witch that others may look up to, and you're breaking down stereotypes of witches hexing or causing problems when you let people know that you are creating space or you are putting money back into the environment or you're... Um, doing work for causes, volunteering in certain places. And I think to Morgana's point too about not fighting against, I just never have. I was raised in a non-church home, a non-religious home. So when people started to ask me things about the devil or other things, I was completely like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm not against, you know, God. I'm not against your belief systems and your virtual leaders i'm for what i stand for which is being tied to the environment family of herbalists and advisors and practitioners who are very 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 connected to the environment so naturally that would lead me to respecting the indigenous people of this this space so i just wanted to add that and that is advice to people who want to begin certainly Education is that space and question what you're being told. Don't listen to all of the alt-right co-opting. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure you're aware there are organizations you have Christian uh, tarot booths uh, set up in places like Australia and New Zealand and other places. They're Christian organizations that are going to spiritual conventions and going to these spaces specifically with the idea of recruiting pagans and saving them. And so they offer these very positive affirmation Jesus cards. And, uh, you know, if I can use that word here. Um, <laughs> and then saying, well, if you agree with this and these are our teachings, why don't you want to come, you know, come join us at a meeting? These are cult tactics. Witches are not cultists. Witches are free thinkers. They question things and they encourage everyone's diversity as well as inclusivity. So I just want to put that PSA out there really quickly to pay attention to where your information is coming from. So Morgana, thank you for reminding me that uh, that, that is really something you have to be on your guard about is, is looking at where it's coming from. You know, I, I love this idea of the Christians, you know, trying to convert the pagans, you know, having grown up in Ireland, the whole premise of Catholicism there was to overlay all of the stories with pagan stories. So our wells, our holy wells literally became 
the church's holy wells, you know, and so you just sort of overlay the stories with it because it's palpable and that's what people sort of relate to. So I just laugh because I would love an opportunity to run into somebody that is sort of in a Christian tarot booth and have that conversation and just dial it all the way back, you know, to paganism would be so much fun to do that. In fact, I think we need to invite some um, specifically to our <laughs> to our next festivals because that would, you know, let's convert them, right? In turn, it's like, why are you looking to somebody else to tell you what to do when, you know, you actually could just be personally responsible, you know, for yourself. But, but a lovely point you made there too, right, is, is that, you know, as an artist and using paper products, then, then you give back, you know, in that way for, you know, for tree planting. And activism is also how we choose to spend our dollars, right? How is it that we're actually, you know, what companies are we supporting? What do those companies stand for? Because, of course, here in the States, you know, corporations have, have a vote. Corporations are people. Again, I, I will never get over that. I will never get over the fact that 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 actually was a ruling that came down what, 10, 12 years ago now. Truly, we can vote with our dollars. So where we choose to spend our money, what it is that we choose to amplify. Money is energy, right? Same as our intentions. It's all energy. That's the currency of life. And so if we use our currency of life, you know, wisely to amplify and to invest in the things that we care about, expect more of that. If we're doing the opposite, expect more of that. You know, whatever we're feeding is what's going to grow, you know. And so I think people just, you know, often don't don't realize that or understand that. And certainly I can say that as a small business owner. Right. And yes, that's absolutely in my best interest to say that we have a lot of local artists and things here at Modern Druid. But but the reason why I set up the, the shop was because that matters. It matters. I, I don't want to see the money flowing into things that fund defunding something like Roe versus Wade. And that's exactly what is going on. You know, it's exactly what's going on. So we need to be really mindful of that as well. So thank you for that point, Monica. It, um, now that has gotten my activism fired up again to uh, guess what's coming soon in the shop, right? All kinds of little signs saying, vote with your dollars. <laughs> we can do this together. Money is, is energy. But uh, yeah, I mean, that is an action in and of itself that we can all take every day, you know, anytime we choose. So I think... One of the things that I just want to, I guess, comment myself is I get really into this headspace of like all or nothing. If I can't do everything, then I'm not going to do anything. And I think that this conversation that we're having has been really powerful to sort of combat that. And so for the listeners that maybe get into the same headspace that I do, you don't have to do everything. There are these little steps that we can take. There are these little ways that we can do good. And I think that that sort of is a great segue into one of the most important parts of this podcast, because I know that there are listeners in places that are not um, progressive, you know, like being right outside of New York City or being in um, Toronto or Toronto. And so it, it's really helpful to be able to say, okay, well, we're doing these little things that are powerful for us in progressive places, but they're also powerful for someone in Kansas or, you know, the Bible Belt in general. What I would like to, as we sort of come towards the end of this, is if you have any message for those of us who are in places where there isn't a community, because in doing this, I think I realized, I'm notorious on the podcast for saying covens are bad, actually. I've said it multiple times in multiple seasons, but this is in a way a coven, right? The community that you create is in a way its own coven in that moment. And so how can we, even if we're not physically in community, create 
coven as activism. And for me, it's very much about, you know, Scorpio really, really sort of grounded me during the George Floyd protests saying, you don't have to be every type of activist. And so I posit to you, what kind of activist are you? And how does that strengthen the global coven of activist witches? Well, (laughs) that's a very big loaded question there, Gemini. I think first to your point about covens, I will say I felt very much that same way until I started one 10 years ago. And our coven is a coven of solitary practitioners held by the glue of values and ethics. So we are recognizing inclusivity and diversity within our group. We do have very generalized teachings. We have sort of a patron we agree upon, but people have their own deities or not, their own spirit guides or not, and their own culture that they're bringing within. And none of that is contradictory. So if you don't have a space like that, you might consider even starting a coffee and witch gathering in your neighborhood, even if it's just you and one person who drops in. Uh, If it's dangerous for you to even say that, look online. The internet is an incredible resource. There are online spaces that you can meet and chat. Uh, There are people who are starting things like owls, like myself, Um, which is an online gathering space. It is one of the tools that we can use for activism. Most people have access to the internet. And I think it's one of the most powerful uh, tools that, that we can have. If you can travel at all, there are a lot of pagan festivals around. You can just say, go to Salem and pick up a little history and um, meet the kind folks who created Witch Fest North. We're going to be there. And there are a lot of uh, shops and retail is, for me, it always has been a safe uh, space to go and ask questions. So I think a lot of people will go to shops uh, like Morgana's shop and feel that they can just sort of go in and maybe grab a candle and then say, so what is a witch and get a little bit of knowledge from an actual practitioner. So there are avenues for you to begin And there are groups, I don't know about social media groups so much, but um, I don't join that many, but it's certainly a good space to take a look and at least get information on what's going on in in the world around you. Yeah, I'm I'm a solitary druid, so I've got nothing on this. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, as as a solitary druid that, you know, is not in a grove, much like Monica says, you know, there, there are various places that you can go. Um, but but I have found, you know, just over m- my own sort of journey and trajectory, you know, being somebody that's not not really a joiner. Part of the reason why I'm not a joiner is, you know, I I, I don't work terribly well with others in certain respects, right? It's just sort of, you know, the, the more people sort of insist on things being a certain way, you know, the more I, I tend to rebel against that. And I find that groups tend to end up with groupthink, and that's sort of the way it goes. And, and then you, you definitely don't want me in the group. So, you know, so what I what I've sort of, you know, found, you know, o- over time is education is a wonderful way to be part of something, learning something, you know, being able to to give to something and and make some connections, you know, without sort of the 
you know, feeling like I'm joining the club, right? Or I'm joining the, you know, the, you know, the coven. And, and Gemini, I'll, I'll hazard a guess as to why you think sort of covens are bad, and and it may very well be sort of based on this idea of groupthink. And it becomes insular too, right? And then people try and join it. I mean, I had a friend who was like, oh my God, like I was sort of with this group of witches, and they were like really, you know, witchy mean to me. Like they were witchy mean girls because I didn't seem to fit, you know, with what it is that they thought I should be. And so we had a good giggle over that, you know. But um. But, but I, I love to, you know, take courses and classes. There's so much available online, you know, as Monica's saying. I mean, the, the one, you know, really big blessing that we did get out of the whole COVID thing was to understand that, yes, we can just, we can move things online. We can, in fact, sit, you know, and, and, and look, you know, eye to eye, you know, through Zoom and Skype and various other, you know, technologies and 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 get it done. Is, is it as good as sort of being in person? No, nothing really, you know, um, uh, takes the place of, real exchange of, of human energy um, physically. But, um, you know, but I think there's so many opportunities, you know, to to do that. And so it can just be about those forays into picking a subject, finding out, you know, what education might be going on around that and and even doing doing that, right? Where you're not sort of coming out, so to speak, to say, I am this and I'm joining this group that is this thing. You know, you can literally sort of, you know, dabble, but to the points we were all making earlier, you know, don't don't dabble in the nonsense. You know, you want to make sure that you, you know, understand the source of the information. And so there are plenty of fabulous educators out there um, in, in spirituality that are doing all kinds of wonderful things. And you can start with, you know, looking at things like Witchfest and looking at, you know, the Salem has all kinds of educational programming that goes on, you know, online, um, et cetera, and so on. So there's there's a number of different places. And of course, what you're doing here on Witchspace, this is highly educational. Every conversation is wonderful, you know, and, and the books that you pull through and, and everything else, you know, so... That, that this in and of itself, if you're listening to Witch Space, you're already doing it. You know, you're you're already you know making those forays. So um so I would say, you know, just to to, to sort of um you know add on to Monica's point, also sort of throw in the uh, the educational pieces, you know, into that as well. I just want to add because we talked about how there's different, you know, a lot of classes when you go online, a lot of it is geared toward maybe Wicca or Wicca adjacent. So for the place that doesn't even know we exist, Catland Books, we keep talking about them. I would say that's a good place. If you're completely alone, that might be a good place because they're going to have different types of classes. And that way, if you're not sure what kind of witchcraft you want to go to, you want to go to a religious one, none, one that's more geared towards your culture, not, right? Like you have, like, you can kind of pick and choose. And then once you've decided, you'll at least know who some people are, you'll be able to follow through with that. And you can do that from the safety of your home. I also want to piggyback on something else Morgana said earlier about, you know, doing things not necessarily always spiritual in terms of what do you do in the world? And, you know, I'm an English teacher. Everybody knows that on the podcast. So I talk about English teacher things. I don't talk about witchcraft unless we're talking about Macbeth and then, you know, that I'm legally obligated to talk about uh, witchcraft. But other than that, I don't, and I haven't taught Macbeth in years. When, I think it was when the podcast came out or maybe before then, there were people who had graduated years and years ago who started reaching out to me and one person said, you have no idea how many of your former students are in covens or started their own covens. And I know it comes from my love of the individual, my love of the individual thinking for themselves, making good decisions, thinking about community. A lot of my projects with my classes, I love for them to think about the mark, the legacy they're gonna leave on the younger kids, right? Even if you leave this spot, you're coming back. Your parents aren't moving with you to college, right? So this is still your community. How do you want to come back and see your community? And that's 
witchiness, taking it into the mundane, right? That's what I'm passionate about. I like kids to listen to each other. I like them to think for themselves. You know, uh, Gemini likes to tell her students, make good choices. I don't use that phrase, but that's basically the same thing. Like, you know, who are you? Do you step up for other people, right? Do you talk about what's just? Even if it's just making small changes about the cafeteria food, they're unhappy. Well, what can we do to fix that, right? To know that they are powerful beings and that if they do things the right way, right, they can have a lot of influence in their own lives. They're not helpless because they're kids, quote unquote kids. They're taller than me, right? Um, so that's part of being a witch about, it's not just your spiritual power, but people should have their power to think not be sucked in, like Monica said, into these cults, right? To be able to use their minds. Um, that's a very witchy thing. And you don't have to tell the classes that you're a witch. I mean, eventually they just figure it out, right? But the, the message you've left, or at least what they've learned, is that what influenced them? Because it wasn't because I told them about witchcraft. So my witchcraft had nothing to do with these people joining covens, right? But maybe that they thought for themselves, maybe that I showed them how to look for things right? And not everything on Google, the first thing you Google is going to be accurate. Maybe teaching them these life skills helps them to perhaps become a witch or not. And just like that, I won't be teaching next year. No, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. But I mean, it, you, you joke, you know, at the end there, but, but also depending on what is happening on whatever year and whatever the climate is, is blowing, you know, um, whatever which way the wind is blowing, there can be consequences. <laughs> You know, to, to to being an educator and saying something like that, right? You know, particularly if you're if you happen to be working for you know a school that um, has some uh, religious dollars associated to it. You know, that like if you were you know at Fordham, that might be a problem. You know, the Jesuits might take exception to that. So yeah, so so I mean, there are sort of you know risks inherent in this. But but it but what you're truly saying is inspire where you can because you don't know where that's going to go, right? And and, and that truly is. I think the gift that we're able to to give each other when we have conversations, when, when you just show up authentically, right? That that's truly what it is. When you just literally show up as your authentic self, that can be so inspiring for so many people because number one, they see, oh my gosh, it can be done. Like there's somebody that's just perfectly comfortable being themselves. And that that is a form of magic in and of itself, right? That self-acceptance, self-love, confidence. And being able to present yourself in your full the fullness of who you are and what are the gifts that you have to bring to the world you know that that in and of itself you know can be the catalyst for massive change in people that is a, an act of activism in and of itself i claim myself i therefore will be myself and i will show myself to the world there's such power in that you know and so I just, I, lo I love what you had to say there because you just, you just do not know where those things are going to go. And so just be, being yourself lets it free to land where it needs to, right? Whoever needs that little piece of encouragement then gets that little piece of mana, right? It's, you know, that, and that, that's the, the real, the real magic, I think, that we bring to the world as energetic beings, right? We're able to just ping off of each other and, and the higher your vibration, the more you are able to you know, put that out into the world. And that high vibration comes from that true authenticity to just be oneself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with, with both of you, Scorpio and Morgana, especially personal accountability and um, understanding that you do make a difference. Knowing yourself is to be able to be authentic and to share yourself and your ideas 
and to step up and if people want to know things make yourself available and to to be there for people when when they they do i've been approached by many students when i was teaching at oakhead university i i think i've mentioned to a couple of people we had sort of a an open area where students could come in and ask questions about their classes and they've fallen behind a little midterm and they could come and catch up. It's kind of a long night, it's called, where people can sort of try to catch up with their homework. And I was there to help people with procrastination issues, had the little sign on the table. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a quiet evening, but all of a sudden a few students came over to me and they I'm thinking great we're gonna have questions about procrastination here I am gonna tell you to dive right in and the first thing out of their lips was so are you a witch you are aren't you you're a witch aren't you we have some questions for you and you know I wasn't upset by that make yourself available and by that I also mean you know sometimes we're seen as vain for wearing so many rings or pentagrams or things. It's not a fashion statement for me so much as a point of pride and also a welcoming to others because often that is what started the conversation. When people have seen that jewelry, they ask about it or they'll flash their pentagram and we're doing our secret sign and we know we have community. But make yourself available, I think, for people. Um, I think it's incumbent upon us as a witch community to take personal accountability, whether you're in a group or you're not in a group, but to be there. And um, certainly this podcast is a great space for that. And there are publications and there are lots of uh, different areas you can look. So I just wanted to add that. I really have enjoyed this conversation. And I think I kind of want to synthesize a little bit for myself and for the audience really a lot of what we've discussed is Monica you mentioned right at the beginning the witch as a change maker um, and the witch as a lifelong learner and I think that those two things together sort of encapsulate what being an activist and a witch mean that it's not just about going for a rally or you know voting with your vote or with your dollar which we you know if you can you should do but very much about where are you willing to make changes based on the knowledge that you have. Um, and I think we've talked a lot about authenticity and about knowing yourself. I also wanna sort of offer to the listeners, once you know yourself and you know your path and you feel comfortable, that's the best time to then go learn about other people's paths and their authentic selves because that creates the community that I think we're all really looking for. Even if you're not, you know, not a coven person like me, it allows you to understand individuals for who they are and not for um, ideologies that we think they may or may not possess or statements that they may or may not have made. Once you know you, allow yourself to see the the you in everyone else allow yourself to see the authentic person in the other practitioners whether or not you practice wicca or practice palo whatever your path is let it be you and then see the other paths and acknowledge those other paths because i think that from this conversation i mean one every time i have we have a witch table talk i'm like mind blown 
Um, but two, I think that that can really help because I think sometimes we get caught up in like, well, well, what am I doing? Right. Am I out there at the rally? Am I, you know, make, am I canvassing for politicians? Am I doing, but in reality, seeing can be so powerful in aligning your morals and values with the activism that you're going to do being for things. And so I really thank you. Um, I really appreciate that kind of idea that we've sort of run through the whole conversation, see yourself and then see everyone else. So we're going to be closing up. Is there anything you guys would like to plug before we go? Where can people stalk you all that good stuff? I'll jump in. Um, so uh, yes, certainly if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Modern Druid Nyack, M-O-D-E-R-N-D-R-U-I-D-N-Y-A-C-K on Instagram, uh, Modern Druid on Facebook. Um, we have a number of classes and courses and workshops that we do here. So in addition to being part art gallery, part uh, clothing store, part bookstore, aromatherapy bar, uh, and uh, obviously sell a range of wonderful witchy products and tarot decks and oracle decks and wands and divination things and 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 anything and everything in between. Um, we do classes, courses, and workshops here on, on various uh, topics. So feel free to check out our website, www.moderndruid.com and go to upcoming events. Lots to explore there. Um, I always love to, to just uh, plug uh, our art. We have a wonderful show going on right now. Mark Weiss is a uh, really a sort of metaphysical artist where he channels in the images that he paints on canvas. So he goes into a somewhat meditative state. He does not sit down to paint a particular image in his head. He sits down and paints whatever channels through. And as a result, uh, just has the most beautiful, real, otherworldly uh, pieces um, and that we were lucky enough to showcase 12 of here in our gallery. So you can view those images online as well or come by the store and see those. And then for next spring, for the spring equinox, we are planning a symposium of shadow and light, which will um, be a full weekend incorporating uh, performance art, as well as uh, classes, courses, and workshops over the course of two days, which will be held in Tarrytown, Tarrytown House Estates, uh, the dates of which are that last weekend in, uh, in March. Um, so we'll be holding that uh, obviously in conjunction with the spring equinox, because of course we want equal day and equal night if we're doing shadow and light. So that will be Friday the 24th of March through Sunday the 26th. And uh, we will launch details of that on our website as well as have our own website for that uh, symposium. So thank you for, for allowing me to plug all of that in. We're obviously working on a lot of uh, very interesting and very fascinating uh, things here. And then in the fall uh, and over the winter, I will actually be finally uh, teaching uh, classes on uh, Ogham, O-G-H-A-M, which is an old ancient Celtic alphabet. We'll be doing a nice deep dive into that and I'll be showcasing the uh, Ogham oils that I have here that, um, that we use for intention and for various, uh, associated with various healing properties corresponding with that tree alphabet as it's known because each symbol corresponds to a tree or a plant and so we pulled those healing properties into our oils that we work with with great intention. So I'm really looking forward to being able to do that finally, you know, finding, creating, making the time to be able to um, to do that here at uh, Modern Druid and we will put those classes online as well. Well, that sounds really exciting. 
Uh, thanks for sharing that, Morgan. I'd like to uh, I'd like to take all of those classes, see that art, and visit you, uh, even though there's a little bit of space between us. I would like to um, mention my own website, which is monicabodirsky.com. If you can spell the last name, it's B-O-D-I-R-S-K-Y.com. And you can find my art there and um, my Shadowland Tarot, Shadowland Lenormand, and several other um, Oracle decks. Uh, they are in major uh, bookshops. Uh, please support local, though, and keep the money in the community, as Morgana suggests. And um, also, I have an upcoming Oracle deck um, in fall uh, called Between the Worlds, which is based on my own Bone and Curio casting set. It is a set of Oracle cards, though, replicating that in cartomantic form. And of course, we have Witchfest North. We've had five years of Witchfest North from October 1st to October 31st here in Toronto. And we are taking a small breather this fall to uh, rethink the format and where we're going from here. That was always the plan at the five-year mark. So if you would like to come and join a few of the key organizers in Salem, between October 1st and October 7th. I hope you can all join us, grab a coffee, give us your suggestions for how Witchfest North can proceed, make connections and community. I know it's booked up in Salem sometimes two years in advance, so you may want to stay in some of the neighboring uh, smaller areas like uh, Peabody or um, Lynn Swampscott. Danvers, Beverly, any of the surrounding areas, but please, uh, please come and join us. And uh, you can find that information on witchfestnorth.org. So I think that's about, uh, about it for me. You can always find me on Instagram. And as I said, if you can spell my name, you can find me pretty much anywhere. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on your show, Gemini and Scorpio. It's been a delight. And Morgana, I always love hearing you speak and will visit your shop someday soon. I look forward to that, Monica. It will be wonderful to have you here. If we can get you stateside, don't think for a minute that uh, you're going to get away with that uh, stopping into Nyack and spending some time here with me. Thank you. It's always, always just so inspiring to share ideas and to listen and to, to hear um, what it is that we all have to contribute to this space. Thanks. Thanks so much, Scorpio and Gemini, for having me on again. It was such a pleasure. You guys are so nice. Um, I will send you guys the checks in the mail. So thank you for your spot. Um. $10. <laughs> uh. Big thanks to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. 